You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 58 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines Editor, Tom Childs. Obviously, this week, we'll be discussing a somewhat volatile affair between the Chiefs and Raiders. We'll also be checking in to see this week's power rankings before looking ahead to the Chiefs' showdown with the Buffalo Bills. But first... wanted to start the show by uh, giving a big shout out to our old stomping ground, Arrowheads Abroad, for uh, flying over to Kansas City for probably one of the biggest games so far this year. Uh, Arrowheads this Abroad. Year? This year? This Well, yeah, this season, let's say. <laughs> Arrowheads Abroad, yeah, there was a group of British uh, followers uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs flew over to, to Kansas City to take in this game and everything that Kansas City has to offer. Um, there was a lot of barbecue eating. There was a, a lot of friendships made and we weren't there to see it, were we, Tom? No, but we are in the DMs still, so we heard about the whole entire trip. Um, into the DMs. A, little bit, a little bit jealous, not going to lie. Um, a little bit. I was a yeah. lot jealous. <laughs> when, we're, when I was watching the uh, Raiders game on Monday night and it's like half two in the morning or half three in the morning, half four in the morning, then it gets to like, 4.38 and it looks like Derek Carr might actually beat the Chiefs and you're like oh gosh why am I do- what am I doing up at this time it wasn't it wasn't the greatest and it has made me a bit sad about our trip that we are no longer going on um yeah. but fair play to the guys they went out they went through hell to get to Kansas City like 24 25 hours of traveling flight delays apparently three of them had to like get across from one New York airport to another New York airport because flights being cancelled and like they only had like three hours to do it and like you end up seeing the sights of New York and a taxi on the way there. Just, it just sounded like hell, the travelling. But boy, howdy, did they get rewarded with with that game. And um, but it wasn't all bad, though, because I was away myself this past weekend. Um, I wasn't stuck to, in the UK. I, I actually went to France. I went to Disneyland Paris with the family. This is that's <laughs> the reason why I couldn't go to yeah, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I went to Disneyland and, uh, Mummy, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> I, felt like, <laughs> I felt like the Super Bowl MVP. At Disneyland, yeah. um, no, but it was good. It was good. It was good. Good, and... good, good fun by all, eh? Yeah, everyone had fun except you, who was <laughs> just sitting around <laughs> in the uh, UK. It was one funny thing that happened actually in Disneyland. Um, like I'll admit, and if you've if you've read the rankings, you probably already know this story because I included it in there. But um, my my girlfriend, my fiance, is a bit of a football widow. Like she, like her least favorite time of the year is September through February. Yeah, because she knows that. I have my day job and then I have this job. And so unfortunately for her, I'm, I'm working quite a lot. I'm, I'm doing quite a lot with the Chiefs, whether it's this podcast, rankings, arrow headlines, watching football, because I pass that off as work as well. Um, it's bringing my... home the bread, man. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but she thought, right, here we go. We're going to Disneyland. We're getting a weekend off it. Yeah. And that was my intentions to get oh. a weekend off it, right? And admittedly, I was wearing a Chiefs hoodie. I did have, did have some Disney stuff, but I yeah. saved that. And I had a Chiefs hoodie on. And it wasn't red, it was grey. I'm wearing this hoodie. And we got to security at Disneyland. Right? They've literally been to Disneyland 10 seconds. And the security guy checking, like, giving you a pat down and whatnot and give, sending you through the scanners. Yeah. Looks at my jumper and goes, ah, oh, you like Chiefs? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes, I do. Like, and you, know, you just see my 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 fiance's face just drop a little bit, and he turned around, and went, get away from this, and he he went, he went. I like my homes. <laughs> Do you know what I did? I turned around and went, so does she. <laughs> and then what? You just let them, let the kids run off and you spoke to the security guard about football for the next. Exactly. Yeah. Hours. I, I didn't go on any rides. I just sat there talking about uh, <laughs> the evolution of the chief's offense without Tariq Hill. That's what we, that's what we spent all you know, the, the The chiefs and Mahomes just follow you around everywhere. Don't they? Mate? Exactly. But it, it's, it's, it's a good thing because, it's an icebreaker. Whenever you wear anything like that, I always find that even when you're walking through the town or something like that, your own yeah. town, the, it, it is a bit of an icebreaker wearing a, a, like a, a hoodie or a cap or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, there's that there's that kind of mutual appreciation between the two work, people. The, that doesn't always work, though, because it quite happens a lot, actually. It does happen quite often here in the yeah. UK where you someone will be wearing an NFL bit of merch. Yeah. And more, more often than not, it's the Raiders, but they'll be wearing a bit of merch. And you say, ah, oh, you like the Raiders? Well, what do you think to Derek Carr? And they just kind of look at you in like the most confused way. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that happens quite a lot in the UK <laughs> with people yeah. wearing the merch. Yeah, people just seem to like the like the jerseys or something and then just yeah. wear it and don't know anything about it, do they? But, you know. but uh, no, uh, yeah going back onto Arrowheads Abroad and, and what they'll be doing, um, it's great, you know, the Arrowheads Abroad helped people realise the dream and get over there and and and, and take in everything that, that mm. the Chiefs had to offer. They did a stadium tour and everything. We saw the pictures of that. Some of them even got to wear the Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, we never got to do that, mate, because it was well before, <laughs> well yeah. before then, wasn't it? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I must admit, I was a bit jealous about that. Mm. And 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 Duncan actually bought one of the jackets that I wanted. Um, yeah. So um, I think I think basically Duncan's uh, messages back to us was kind of like, I'm going to live Brad's dream, yeah, and just tell him about it. <laughs> whenever i can yeah. i'm sure they'll arrange another trip one day but it's, I'm sure it was four years in between uh the two trips the one in 2017 for the uh washington game mm. five years rather five years, uh, one yeah. in 20 yeah 2017 God. and then yeah the one in um last weekend so yeah i'm sure if you if you're a british fan a european fan not to plug other sites but head over to our heads abroad and uh yeah see what they do and uh, you might get on a trip with them one day yeah, so sounds great. Right then, let's get into the game, shall we? This game, um, you said it before, uh, waking up that early in the morning, I got the usual verbal abuse from my wife when I set the alarm and it was too loud. Uh, Do you not sleep downstairs on those No, days? no, 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 no. You got, selfish uh, man. I know that is quite <laughs> selfish. Selfish, <laughs> selfish man. You wake up at 1.15 and wake the entire house, stumping around. I bet you put the kettle on as well, don't you? I yeah, mean, I do. Yeah, so selfish. <laughs> so selfish. I am as quiet as I possibly can be at 1.15. I always sleep downstairs when the Chiefs play late. And I just, uh, I, I wake up to the alarm, turn it off as quick as I can. And I'll go to the fridge, get whatever I can out of there. Yeah. I'm quiet. I try to avoid going to the toilet altogether. Yeah. I've tried that. I've tried the ninja tactics yeah. for some time now, and they never work. She knows when I'm up. She knows what I'm eating. She knows what I'm drinking. She knows exactly what I'm doing, even though I've been quiet as a mouse. I just think, what's the point? I just might as well stick the kettle on, stick the toaster on, put the TV on loud. It's a round sound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pour myself a pint at one fifteen. you know, or something, you know, something like that anyway. But um, yeah, I, I did my usual ninja tactics. But um, this game got me so wound up. And it still winds me up now. And it's crazy to say that because obviously the Chiefs won 30-29 against the Raiders. But this game... It was a roller coaster. It was. A, it was. It really was. I, I I can't remember a Chiefs game like that in a, such a long time where it was so topsy-turvy. Like It was almost like that famous Chiefs-Broncos game, the Doink game, that oh, primetime game. Do you remember yeah, that one? Which was... Yeah back and forth and you didn't know which way it was going to end and that's what this Raiders game was like like although the Raiders got off to a ridiculously hot start and they carried on what pretty much what they did against the Broncos running the football well uh, moving the ball well playing pretty well on defense as well um they got off to a hot start I wasn't particularly worried because you know 17 points Patrick Mahomes Chiefs there's history there there's no need to worry um too early when it comes to the Chiefs but 
it was the second half when the Chiefs got back into it and then they took the lead and then you just didn't know which way it was going to go. And ultimately, it come down to one player botching a catch. And we, I'm sure we get onto that particular oh, player yeah. with, with another story. But if if that one play happens, then we're talking about a Chiefs loss. That's how close this game was. That if this if this player doesn't juggle a ball, then the Chiefs are losing this game on on Monday night. Yeah, it, it kind of flip flopped right the way through the game, didn't it? Yeah. A lot. Um, it wasn't yeah. just like right, the Chiefs are in the lead. That's it. We can just breeze now. It was yeah. you know the Raiders came back. We shot back at them, and it was just it was just constant and and it was adrenaline. extremes. It, yeah, the, it, it was extreme emotion. It's not like, yeah, so yeah, the, the the penalty with Chris Jones, and again, we get into that. Mm. That was extreme anger. Yes. And then like with the end, with the cheat, like when we take the lead, you're like, oh, extreme excitement. Yeah. And then when they missed a two point, extreme excitement. And then when we don't convert then, it's like extreme anxiety. It was just, yeah. it was just constant. There was, there was true edge of your seat stuff. And... <laughs> It's rare that you can say that about any Chiefs game, but this one, like for the new, like ESPN must have loved that game because for yeah. a neutral, it had everything. For me, it's the game of the year so far. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it had a little bit of everything. It had the good plays, it had the good defense, it had a good offense, and then it had refereeing controversy. And like as much as the NFL hate refereeing controversy. They also absolutely love it because they love the attention that the league gets as well when it comes to when it comes to that. So yeah, in terms of a spectacle and it being Monday night football being a primetime game, it was just bloody glorious, let's be honest. <laughs> it really was. And obviously it helps with the end result being as as uh, kind to us as it was. Yeah, and you're right, it was extremes. It was extreme frustration, it was extreme excitement, extreme anger. It was just everything was at the extreme, but you even felt everything that was going on in Arrowhead. I don't know about you, but I felt yeah. like Arrowhead was just on fire that game because the crowd were, were a totally uh, kind of intoxicated with everything that was going on with the, on the field. Um, and the decision-making was the thing that kind of lit that torch, wasn't it? Um, the first half, the Chiefs came out very limp. Um, the offense just couldn't really kind of get going. The Raiders' defense seemed to have its way with us a bit more, and it it just felt like, oh my god, here we go again. This is the Colts game. It just felt like no, they... it wasn't that bad. It no, no, it wasn't the, that bad. The first half was like no. the Chiefs. Uh, no, but, but what I mean by that is they came out so slow, and nothing they seemed to do was working working well. I'll and... give you that, but it wasn't like. It wasn't like mistake ridden. No, no, football no, no, no. across it the wasn't. board like the Colts game. The Colts game was a, another one in a million where everything that everything could go wrong, wrong. Yeah. it was it, that wasn't the case with this this first half. Like, the, yeah, they didn't play well, but it wasn't it wasn't the Colts a Colts game at all. Like, you always felt like that the Chiefs were in it. Like, you never like. There's not, I'm not sitting there watching this game at 17 nil down and thinking. We don't stand a chance here. Like, no, no, and it, and that's the beauty of this team that you know that even it's even at twenty one points down, yeah. they've still got a chance to get back in it. But that first half was very, very dire. But the thing that kind of sparked everything off was that rough in the passer call. Well, as a contest, I, I think the Jarrett McKinnon seven, second and seventeen run was. Uh, I, I think that was which one was that one where he just wouldn't go down? Was that that? Yeah, one? the second. Are yeah. you talking about? Are you talking about the crowd in particular here? No, no, I'm I'm talking about the actual, yeah, well, the, the yeah, the, the the crowd ignited it. The the, yeah. the crowd obviously lifted everything and and turned everything up to eleven, um, and it was because of that rough in the passer call. Yeah, okay, and that's fair. and and the refs. <laughs> we'll get on the refs in a minute, but that call right there, the Chiefs crowd are very intelligent. They know when they've been done. They've been they've been kind of like you know hoodwinked. Not even tried to be hoodwinked, but like. Yeah. They know when there's something not quite right here and they will be vocal about it. And every single person in that stadium was letting the refs know, you've <laughs> up here. You've <laughs> royally <laughs> up here. And, and 
the, the reaction that we got from it was not only did that you know the 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 refs kind of changed some of their decisions i mean you know they probably gave us some after they realized mm-hmm. yeah maybe that rough in the passer was a little bit harsh mm-hmm. a little bit harsh too too freaking harsh that's what that was um but i think what also happened was the energy for the team I mean, and and kelsey mentions it all the time getting the energy on the sidelines the crowd boosted that energy yeah. for, the, for the team so much that it was, like I said, everything was dialed to 11. The players knew that, that the fans were on the side. The whole thing was just ignited. And that's the, that, that, for me, was the turning point in the whole game, was that one rough in the passer call. But then everything else came after it, where everything, players were starting making great plays. Yeah. Kelsey was going off. McKinnon, he had, he had a great... That was before, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. But yeah. everything was kind of building up to, to to that moment, and and like I said, everything ignited from that point. So, do you think the Chiefs win this game? I know, and obviously, there's a lot of ifs and buts and stuff. Do you think the Chiefs win this game if the uh, rough in the pass apparently doesn't happen? I still think they win it. I yeah. still think they win it, but because if they if the rough in the pass penalty doesn't happen, what the Chiefs get the ball, the Raiders thirty nine, I think it was, yeah, and they would have had an opportunity to take the ball down and make it a yes. seventeen to fourteen game, wouldn't they? Instead, yeah. it was instead it was the the Raiders went down, made it twenty to seven, mm-hmm. and obviously that's a that's quite a big swing. You're talking about a ten point swing there, yeah. uh, just on that one rough in the pass call. While I agree with you, and mm-hmm. I do believe that the crowd made a huge impact on the referees and, I, and that the catalyst for that was that rough in the passer penalty I think the most important thing that happened in this game was the kick that was made just before the half the um, 59 yard field goal yes that was massive yeah and the because, players loved it as well didn't they because although the Chiefs didn't get the touchdown after what happened with Chris Jones you, you expect the Chiefs to get the ball Chris to go down and score a touchdown they didn't but the Raiders went down and got points. They benefited from that rough in the passer call. So if you went into the half still 13 points down and still feeling cheated, like you can feel cheated anyway, but still feeling cheated because that cost the Chiefs so many points, mm. then you'd have been fuming. But by Matthew Wright making that kick, that 59-yard field goal, a Chiefs franchise record field goal, by the way, after he'd already missed a dolly earlier on. Yeah. Yeah, after making that. And he missed one later on as well, but that 59-yard yeah, one. Yeah, 59-yarder. I just think it was massive. The, the the impact that it made to the stadium, to the Chiefs' sideline, there was like, they, they give them something to build on. They're like a 10-point lead was much easier for the Chiefs than, than say, a 13-point lead. And the Chiefs won this game by a point in the end. So mm-hmm. that kick mattered when it comes to the end result. So if I look at this game as a whole, and I had to put my finger on one moment that's changed this game. I'm putting it on that kick. That yeah. kick cannot be understated how big it was for this particular game. Yeah. Um, and, and especially... And by like the way, said, Mahomes only needed 17 seconds as well to get them into field goal range. Only 17. That's a lifetime. Like, this is getting ridiculous now, by the way. Like, how how much time... But what's the shortest amount of time that Mahomes needs now to get his team into field goal range? Is 13 seconds, and I'm not making a... a Jab at the yeah, um, but how much? How, if he if he needed to, could we go down to like at least ten seconds, maybe? So what he needs nine. So nine in nine seconds, he needs to get the Chiefs into field goal range from the twenty-five. He could do I mean, it. He I could reckon do he it. Could do it. Yeah. It's only one throw, but the, the way it is, it just it's so easy for them, and like <laughs> they hadn't moved the ball particularly well all half. No, yet they moved the ball. 40 yards or how many yards it was, 30 yards in, in yeah. 17 seconds easily. Yeah. And then they get rewarded with an excellent kick. Like just massive drive, massive, because it just negated the the effect of the rough in the passer penalty. So in the end, you could say that it was almost a positive because it neutralized the scoring aspect yeah. of the rough in the passer, but you still had the positive effect of what it did to the refs mentally from then on in because – there were so many makeup calls after that. Yeah. So many makeup. I tweeted it out as soon as they made that penalty call. I tweeted out, I'm I'm looking forward to the makeup calls in the second half. Because you just know that someone was in his ear at half time. I wouldn't know who that was. It, by the way, the referees <laughs> do this, okay? So, and I, I've got an example of this. Uh, I went to a Premier League game years ago, right? Yeah. 
And uh, do you remember the referee called Jeff Winter? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Jeff Winter was a Premier League referee. Anyways, he had his linesman crew. And one of his linesman crew is my father-in-law's best friend. Okay. So my father-in-law gets tickets to games through through the linesman. Excellent. And we went to, we went to Arsenal versus um, Fulham. It was, and we got we got to sit in the Arsenal's end and whatnot, and then afterwards we got to go and sit in the referees' lounge and have dinner with them. And Jeff Winter come gave a really controversial penalty to Arsenal in the last minute, mm-hmm. really controversial. And as soon as he walked in, he turned around to us and was like, "Was that a penalty, lads?" And we were like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, no. He said, everyone. He, I went, everyone on TV um, said it wasn't a penalty. My dad rang me up, saw it on TV, said it wasn't a penalty. The radio said it wasn't a penalty. It was never a penalty. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'm just glad it didn't happen in the first half because I'd have. Well, I mean, Andy Reid was definitely in in the era of oh, uh, Sheffield, wasn't he? It was. It, I mean, Andy Reid. I've never seen him so wound up in before in my life. You know, it was almost like quite... someone offered him a salad. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, he just he turned went, up to. He turned up to a buffet car and was like, "So we're only sent serving vegan food today." And Andy <laughs> Reid just went off, <laughs> went off on it. The menu's getting thrown across the room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> salad, salad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, uh, the the second half was obviously like you said there was a there was a lot of makeup calls, but also the thing I found with the Chiefs was there was quite a lot. The, the adjustments were definitely made at halftime because uh, the Chiefs seemed to do, to just move around the ball a lot more freely than what they did in the first half. So yeah. clearly something had changed at halftime. What that was, I don't know. But I can tell you exactly what it was. The offensive line started to decided to start playing football. Because <laughs> it showed up. Yeah, they were bad. They were bad in that, especially in that first quarter. They were dreadful. Well, um, Orlando Brown was, he just did not like speed rushes at all. Did he? Andrew Wiley was struggling. Well, the yeah. tackles were like a turnstile. That's what it seemed to me anyway. Mm. They were a turnstile. But um, Patrick Mahomes has come out and said he challenged the the offensive line. He said that the, the, the Chiefs would win or lose that game on depending on the play of the offensive line. And they come out and they played. And they gave Patrick Mahomes a little bit more time. Obviously, the, the Raiders had a plan. They were doubling, triple triple covering mm-hmm. Kelsey when they could. And it showed he only had 27 yards, five receptions, which for Kelsey is a poor line. Obviously, the touchdowns help a little bit. But anyway, say, four yeah, touchdowns yeah. kind of, yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's more like it, Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit better, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, obviously they gave him some time and that meant he had time to find the guys, give the other receivers some time to win their one-on-one matchups. And the, the play of, like, I think, Cole Hardman and especially uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was very, very good. It was really encouraging to see them to get involved in the passing game a little bit more. Valdez-Scantling's like, had his targets, but it hasn't. he hasn't had like a game yet where it was like, okay, he's the main guy. Yeah. Obviously, Kelsey's had them. Juju's had one. You can argue even Clyde Edwards-Alaire's had some where he's been the guy. But MBS hasn't been like the go-to for Mahomes in any game yet. But this was kind of like his coming out pie. I think it was eight catches for 93 yards or or something like that. I I might be wrong. It was in that that realm anyway. And so, yeah, it was really encouraging that if you are going to try and do the Belichick tactic of doubling Kelsey, triple covering Kelsey, that someone else can go and win. And McCall Hardman won despite having a gammy heel and MVS obviously won his one-on-one matchups. And there was also a, a really good win from Juju Smith-Schuster uh, running out a little uh, corner route and Mahomes found him and Juju used his body really well, boxed out his defender and let the, bo- the ball come into him. But mm. the defender stood no chance. There was no way whatsoever that he was going to get through Juju to make a play on the ball. So yeah, I, I thought that was a, a really good positive for the Chiefs in the second half. The fact the offensive line played really well and then the, the receivers that we've been calling out to play better mm. finally turned up and uh, showed themselves up. Mahomes used nine receivers in this game. Wow. Again, again. He's done Who eight. He's done seven. He's done eight. And now he's done nine. Because Gray got a catch. Yeah. Sky Moore got a catch, didn't he? Yeah. Our boy, Fort- <laughs> our boy Fortson didn't, did he? Our boy, our boy Jody didn't, did he? Jody didn't, no. 
No. Nine. I'm trying to think of who else it was actually, but there was definitely nine. I saw on the saw on the list. I thought, <sighs> my God, this is this 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 version of Patrick Mahomes now, where he's spreading the ball around so much, and it's not just in one game; it's mm. every single game yeah. now. I don't think he's used less than seven at the minute. I could be wrong on that. It might be six, but yeah, nine in this game was unbelievable. Um, it, you got the guy on the other side of the uh, the field who's just trying to force it into one player's hands the entire time, yeah. and you've got. Mahomes, who's just wheeling and dealing and dishing out passes like they're going out of fashion. There was one pass that he made to MVS in the middle of the field, which was was not talked about enough. Yeah, it never is, is it? <laughs> there was like it was the smallest window for him to fire it through, and he he had like no base to throw the ball from whatsoever. And obviously, we know that base and structure for Mahomes doesn't really matter. But he could didn't really have time to put his arm back, and he just kind of flicked this ball. But the velocity that he got on it to fit this ball in this tiny window, it was an outrageous throw. Like true pure arm, arm power, strength. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is mad because you like it's all shoulders, isn't it? It's all shoulders and arms with mm. quarterbacks because you don't look at quarterbacks and look at their arms and go, "Oh, look how big their arms are," because they don't have massive <laughs> arms, do they? No, a lot of them have got really skinny arms. I know Mahomes is he's not skinny, but he's not he's certainly not like buff compared to the rest of them is he so yeah no, it's no. just but it's just the power that he can get in in his from his cannon and like that that throw just like typified it perfectly the way he can just power that ball through to mbs bloody wonderful bloody wonderful yeah <laughs> i tip my hat to patrick mahomes <laughs> i love that guy i do honestly oh man i, I, I feel like he's game. my adult son <laughs> it, it, Seriously, mate, after this game, I was thinking, I actually sat back and I, I just sat in the armchair and I was just watching the NFL logo spin round because I was obviously watching it on Game Pass. And I'm sat there thinking, we are so lucky. We are oh. so lucky that we get to wake up at 1.15 a.m. and sit watching a player like Patrick Mahomes play for our team. Yeah, I mean it's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's 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 everything that the 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 Chiefs organization stands for now with the 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 whole kind of setup they've got. This whole roster now is getting on board with the fact that I mean they've got they've now got a, a, a rivalry game, a, a long-standing rivalry game under the belts. They mm-hmm. understand now what it means, and I yeah. think the fans getting on the backs of 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 the refs and and making sure that you know don't worry guys, we've got your back. I think that really is going to help them going forward because they've realized they've gone through a bit of a battle there. They got away with one as well. Because oh, let's 100% be honest, they did. They, they did. got away with one. But this game now, I think this really gonna gonna inject something into them because they I think they it's almost like it's almost like a, a coming home party in a way for the players. Because yes, they've been Chiefs players, but and they're, they're a new stack of, uh, of of players on the roster at the minute. But now they've beaten the Raiders. Now they've been in a, a tour-to-door battle with them. And now they understand everything that Arrowhead brings. I think this is really going to stand them in good stead going forward. Just energise the team a little bit more. Just completely. Just completely. We're, we're, They're going to realise that the fans really do back them up when, they, when their going gets tough. Yeah, I, I've, I, I do think that's fair. Um, right, anyways, let's get on to it. Yeah. Let, let, let's get on to Devontae Adams because... He was insane. He was ridiculous in the game. Ridiculous. Like, insane. he made two, like, touchdown grabs. Like, the way... No, no sorry. The, the first one was a dolly for him. He beat Rashard Fenton and all ends up. But yeah. the second one, that throw and catch, was... If that was Mahomes to MBS, we would not stop talking about it. Like, no. Chiefs Kingdom, it is okay to give Derek Carr credit sometimes. And yeah. that throw from Derek Carr to Devontae Adams and that catch was outrageous. Mm. It was so, so, so good. Fortunately for us, that's where the good stuff ended for them too. <laughs> because <laughs> when he broke that, broke the Chiefs coverage and caught that ball, caught in inverted commas, yeah. and went out of bounds, I was gutted because Carson wasn't missing kicks for love nor money. He was nope. just making every kick. And I was thinking, right, the Chiefs are messed up here. Josh McDaniels played Andy Reid yeah. like a good one. By the way, before I get back to the, the catch, the decision to go for two by the Raiders was a masterstroke. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what Andy Reid's like with a lead. Yeah. Conservative. 
The Chiefs that with the Chiefs with a lead are far different to what they are when they're chasing one. Mm-hmm. When they chase a lead, the offense is borderline unstoppable. When they have one, the offense kind of goes within itself. It goes into its shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. does. And Josh McDaniels knew that. He he wasn't he wasn't like going for two points to, like to take the lead and like uh, let his defense I mean, win the was. game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I worded that. I worded that incorrectly. But, but it wasn't the main. It, what he was doing. doing he, it, he, yeah. he, he would basically knew. Yeah, I can go for two here because I know what you're like when you're trying to hold a lead. So I know that I'm going to get this ball back and have a chance to kick a field goal to win. Yeah. Where had it been that they kicked that field goal or the extra point and made it thirty all, he probably knows that Chiefs uh, drain the rest of that clock. Yes. And kick a field goal to win it. Yeah. So I actually agreed with the Josh McDaniels decision, by the way. And Andy Reid got baited into it big time and got bailed out, by the way, by yeah. Devante Adams' inability to catch a dolly. <laughs> but there was, you Andy know, there was a lot of Raider learn. fans. A lot of Raider fans were uh, really after uh, McDaniels for that that decision. To go no, I, I, I was I thinking, love... why are you thinking that? Why? I, I think, yeah, it. okay, you didn't get it, but. The situation, I think, what you're trying to refer to is that there is situation is you're putting pressure on, on Reed. No, yeah. Even if they didn't get that, which they didn't get it, yeah. it's still in the mindset of Andy Reid, isn't it? Because yeah. then he's thinking, well, it's 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 so close, it's such a tight game right now. Yeah. That even if they do, even if they did get it, if they if they got it, then yeah, the, you know, the, the Chiefs are you know are still in a, a, a bit of a sticky wicket anyway, but the fact that he didn't get it was still in the mindset of Andy Reid that he's thinking, "Oh my God, I, I, what do I do? How do I handle this?" Exactly, because I'm still he didn't in know. lead. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Um, which is crazy to say that about Andy Reid because you know he, he is such a great, great uh, coach of the game, offensive coordinator of the game. Mm-hmm. But he does have these hiccups now and again, and he does have these kind of inward moments, doesn't he? Where mm-hmm. he's thinking. I can't quite handle this. I don't know. I I should be doing this, but yeah. I'm going to do this instead. Yeah, um, it's like it's like the the, the situation dictates so. his entire thinking, where he just needs to kind of like you do you, Andy. Just be you. Mm. Just let Pat be Pat, and you and what will be will be. He overthinks it, does Andy? Yeah, I think, and I think Josh McDaniels knew that, and mm. it almost worked out. Well, the Chiefs punted. The Raiders had got the ball at the seven, and they had what two minutes o'clock and two timeouts to get. Uh, down into field goal range and Devonte Adams he was juggling that football if he's not juggling that football he catches it clean and gets that left foot down yeah. Daniel Carson's kicking an easy kick and we're talking about a loss and the Chiefs only be, uh, being three and two and coming off like two losses in three games against teams that they absolutely absolutely have no interest in losing games to mm. so yeah it was it was a big deal Devonte Adams in for the season as well yeah. and I kind of hope that that gives Andy Reid a little bit of a wake-up call and they go to work a little bit on their two-minute, their four-minute offense when they're having a lead. That's mm-hmm. what they need to they need to go to work on a little bit because right now, when they're in situations where they need to get a first down to s- secure a game, it doesn't look too comfortable. Like, Do you remember yesteday when it was like the Alex Smith Chiefs? And the Alex Smith Chiefs were really good at this, by the way. They were excellent at grinding out games and uh, holding on to leads at the end. Okay, yeah. you can go, oh, what about the the... Colts playoff game but outside of that they were very good at it because they weren't a high scoring offense they were in a lot of close games so quite more often than not it come down to them their ability to grind out first downs at the end of the game mm-hmm. obviously it helps when you had someone like Jamal Charles but what Andy Reid was really good at he was excellent at putting the Chiefs and more specifically Alex Smith in great situations to win win the game for the Chiefs mm-hmm. and that was sometimes a screenplay it was sometimes just power runs out to left but they they worked we don't see it with with the Mahomes led Andy Reid Chiefs it tends to get too cute you're still seeing the obvious the second and long runs that are happening where that 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 kind of draw play that they had to Clyde Edwards-Alaire on second down was awful and then and then the third down play the shot play is what a pass to McCall Hardman who was covered and then you decide not to go for it on fourth down and give the Raiders an opportunity to win the game. I, I didn't like it. I thought it was bad coaching by Andy Reid. And he got bailed out again, like I'm going to say, by Devontae Adams yeah. uh, uh, dropping a ball. Yeah, they, yeah. They, just going back to uh, that play where we were, what, third and three. Uh, you were saying there that they were trying to go 20 yards for McCall Hardman. Yeah. That was, a, that was a bit of a brain fart 
really, because the Chiefs only needed three yards and then, yeah. you know, get the first down, run the clock down, win the game. Done. Yeah. They needed um, Chad Henney and Tyreek Hill in there, didn't they? Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, exactly. But if they try to get cute with it, I think, yeah. I think that was the thing. I think that, yes, you try and hoodwink the other team by saying, right, well, we're going to go for three yards. We'll make sure that we, you know, it looks like we're going to run the, run the ball mm. on third down for three, um, but we're going to dink it over the top. You know, it, it, I can, I can see the mindset in a way of doing that where they, you know, you're really going to ice the game because, you know, that's it. You know, if, if you get the 20 yards done and dusted, but. But you don't need 20. No, need but then it was, it wasn't just the third and three. It was the fourth and three that really kind of really yeah. warmed me up because I, I was thinking you've got two minutes left, right? It's fourth and three and we're punting the ball back to the Raiders. Yeah. See, for me, that, that I probably would have rather the Chiefs had gone for it. I wanted them failed, to go for them. Yeah. Failed, because remember, we still had three timeouts. Yes. So um, I would have rather them failed. And admittedly, if the Raiders get a first down, they win. Mm. But then the Raiders start going a bit of cagey offense because they don't want to turn the ball over. They they want to try and win the game themselves. So you give your defense a good a, an opportunity to, to get off the field as well. Or even if they do score a field goal, you still might leave them at home 17, 20 seconds or whatever. We know what damage you can do. Yeah. And yes, you can say, well, shut up, Tom and Brad. The Chiefs won. It didn't really matter. But it might matter further down the line. Yeah. And it wasn't the, the Chiefs' defence. Like, yes, they obviously got off the field. And you can say, oh, they won the game. But really, the drop pass won us the game. The fact that Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams ran into each other <laughs> uh, afterwards, that that won us the game. It wasn't like some amazing play by the Chiefs defence. Yeah, It was the Raiders' inability to secure the win, which was the reason why the Chiefs won the game. I, I want to know who actually ran the wrong route there. Do you think it was Renfro? I, I don't know, but... I'd like to know. I would. I don't know why I would like to know, but I would like to know who was in the room. Maybe it was Adams because that's why the frustration come out, and that's why he pushed the cameraman over. It could be. It could be that he's frustrated with himself at the fact that he, he ran the wrong route, and that's what's cost the team the game. But um, or, or he could be angry at the fact that he's playing with an absolute idiot who's <laughs> who's run across him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, simple player like that, and you've run across us and and, and ruined the game. Who Maybe thought the cameraman him? was Hunter Renfro. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the way. No, he's like, not again. <laughs> Get out of the way, man. Have you seen? I've just seen on my phone just before we record that um, he's been charged, uh, Devontae Adams, with misdemeanor assault. And it's like, come on. That guy, the, the Cameron's been a job's worth here. Like, mate, I'd have had a neck brace on. I'd have had my arm in a sling and all sorts. I would, I would, I'd, have, I'd have milked it. I would have milked that for all. He's worth. definitely going for the big payday there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he Seriously, so, for a big NFL player, does that to you? And then, yeah. uh, oh, where oh, there's blame, oh, there's a claim. <laughs> <laughs> I brought oh. my pelvis on the floor. Oh man. Oh. You know, yeah, he just went. In, you know, he just went into like the toilets afterwards and started like smashing his head against the wall. Like, oh, look at it! Look what happened! <laughs> Comes out and cuts some bruises all over him. Yeah. I just don't know what's going to happen to Adam. Surely he's got to be suspended, hasn't he? I think but, he, but I think he has to. I think the 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 kind of rage that's happened afterwards as well. I mean, I was one of them as well because I was still kind of fueled from the game. But um, yeah, there's a lot of tweets going around saying he's got to be suspended. Apparently, he's been suspended and, and banned from, was it Worlds of Fun and places like that? <laughs> <laughs> They're all following on with the, with the tweets saying, oh, we banned him from this, we banned him really? from that. Um, great fun, great fun. But um, yeah, I mean, I hope the guy's okay. I, fe- I felt after this game, I don't know if you felt the same, but I felt this game, I was so, even though we won, I'm so frustrated still. Not that right. it feels like a loss. I just feel so frustrated that the fact that this game came down to the wire as it did and how everything happened as well with obviously the roof and the pass there. There was there was that hold, wasn't there, on the uh, the missed kick that we had. Yes. Um, which that was another gimme. That was another that was another one, wasn't it, really? I mean that was That was the definition <laughs> of makeup call. Like when I mean, is that, that called? Never been called. When, when it, I never, what, what was they call it? A pull, a pull and shoot. Was it? That was they were calling it. Like what's the, that? I sounds mean, so unbelievably rude. <laughs> huh? All right, love. Do you want to see my pull and shoot? <laughs> like, um, well, I don't know if that made the podcast. We'll leave that to Serda. Um, But yeah, I just I've never ever ever heard of that penalty ever. Mm, it's ridiculous. 
I, I, it's amazing that, that that actual officiating crew actually knew what that call was. Yeah, it just... Do, do you think it might be another tuck rule they've just made up? I don't, I don't know, but it was just so funny. Like, it, <laughs> uh, because that was big. We we that were off the huge. field. We missed the field goal. Yeah. <laughs> we missed it. We come away from that drive empty. And the Raiders were going to have an opportunity to go and take a seven-point lead if they wanted to. And we... <laughs> But this I is just, why I'm saying. I just I'm knew so it was coming, though. I knew it was coming. I knew the makeup yeah. call was coming. It was absolutely, and that's all that was. Yeah. That was oh, yeah. New York in in Cole Jeffers' ears saying, you need to make some shit up here. Because <laughs> 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 if you don't, our head crowd are going to murder you. <laughs> yeah. have, have you heard of a pull and shoot? Call that, call that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you do Absolutely. the motion for that? You know when they do the motion, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, roughing the passer and stuff like that. How do you pull, do a pull and shoot? Oh, Honestly, I, I I reckon that Raiders fans have every right to be annoyed with yes. with the refs over that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think there was a couple there right at the end um, yeah. that, that that really kind of just blew the doors off it all. Yeah. And uh, they can't say anything about the drop pass because he it was a drop. It he, was a drop. Yeah, it was, it a, was drop, a drop. But they'll call but, that. They'll call yeah. that as saying that that was against them and stuff. And yeah, blah blah blah, but, blah and stuff. But, but that um, particular penalty is just like, it couldn't have happened to a nicer bunch, really. Could it? <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, I just wanted to uh, mention uh, the Raiders running back uh, Josh Jacobs. 21 carries for 154 yards. He's having a hell of a season. He's having an he's having an all pro season. Yeah. Like yeah. He, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Uh, he's having and, an over my dead body season. That's what he's yeah. doing. He's, he's, he's having the season we expected here. Orlando Brown to have. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> um he's he's been phenomenal. And yeah. okay, like the Raiders didn't want to pay him, and they probably made the right decision and not giving him a big contract because you know he hasn't been excellent in his career. But this season he's just come alive. Like the Chiefs tackling was bad, mm. but I think it was bad for because of Josh Jacobs as well. Yeah. He he was just he wasn't taking no for an answer on Monday and was probably well he was unlucky to be on the losing team certainly was uh, and before we go to the break I just wanted to mention Travis Kelsey man Travis Kelsey is just an insane player the greatest tight end of all time in my book as well this game personified exactly why everybody calls him the greatest tight end of all time yeah, yeah. he is a unicorn he is a unicorn <laughs> he's just for anybody who's listening to this on the podcast, Tom has put a nice little picture on his head of unicorn horns and ears to commemorate Travis Kelsey. <laughs> well, it's just the best name. Now I'm going to change my background to you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Me having a cocktail in Miami for the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. That, that's yeah, the greatest Super Bowl of all time as well. This is really bad content for the audio version, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Right then, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look at the power rankings and we'll be previewing the Bills versus the Chiefs. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. This part of the show where we do the power rankings, and let's go for the top five this week. And I want to know, Tom, who is the worst team in the NFL right now? The worst team in the NFL right now is the Carolina Panthers. Ooh. And I don't think anyone will disagree with that. They so are. They can make it. Yeah, okay, all right, you were right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I won't. I won't say anything now positive about Baker Mayfield, okay? I'm going to dine out on that. Yeah, okay. It's rare for me to admit that you were right. <laughs> All right, um, man, you were right. <laughs> but yeah, they're terrible. And obviously, they've fired Matt Rule, so they might get better now. There might be a fire sale at uh, Carolina. So. I hope so. And she's, had some, she's had some cap room. Maybe they could go and steal DJ Moore or Brian Burns or Christian McCaffrey. I don't know. Oh, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey going to the Bills, isn't there? Please no. Please don't. Know, but that's, like, that's like the final infinity stone. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Okay. Right. Anyways, um, the top five. Number five. Anyone in the top five for the first time this year? They're starting quarterbacks injured, and yet they're a top five team. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Top five. What, is, what does that tell you about the starting quarterback? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe they shouldn't have paid that guy. Maybe they um, their defense is outrageous. Yeah. It's just, may I had them as one of my Super Bowl teams. You had, you, how, you had by the, the way, Eagles. I had how, the Cowboys. How has the NFC East turned into the best division in football? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> that is a good question. That is probably one of the greatest questions of this podcast so far. How the is great- the NFC East so good? What is the meaning of life, and how is the NFC East the best uh, best division in football? <laughs> just, I wish I knew. Unreal, unreal. Fair play, lay. Um, anyways, number four, I do not agree with this one in the slightest. Um, Baltimore Ravens, number four. I, yeah, there's other teams that I had ahead of Baltimore Ravens, but they're number four. Yeah, they're, they're doing okay. Yeah. I mean, are they a top four team? Maybe I'd probably not. swap them round. Uh, yeah, at least that. At yeah. least that. Uh, number three, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, Wait. yeah. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. Um, the Arrowhead Pride team just can't stop drinking that Bills Kool Aid. No. And um, yeah, number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Rightly so, five and zero. Lead the t- lead the NFL in big plays. Their offense is really good. The the whole roster is pretty good. Jalen Hurts is dare I say having an MVP type. Season? <laughs> do I do I no, do I say that? Um, but yeah, they've um, they're good. So there's the top five. And, wow! Uh, but the the rest of the top ten outside of number ten is made up of NFC teams. So this scary AFC that we were talking about at the start of the season just isn't materialising it whatsoever. No, uh, is it? No, the AFC isn't nearly as good as we thought it would be. Wonder why? Weird. Very odd. Yeah. Very odd. We're here to preview the Bills versus the Chiefs, and this has become a one of the top modern-day rivalries right now, isn't it? The Bills versus the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs have had the way with the Bills for quite a few times now, and uh, you, you'd think going into this game, the momentum-wise, you'd think the Chiefs, after beating you know, AFC West teams and you know beating their, the Raiders, you'd think they'd be flying high in this game, and you think that this is going to be not a breeze, but something, a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs are going to chalk up another dub, especially with previous games happening with against the Bills. You just think it's going to be that, don't you? But I feel this is different this year. This Bills team looks very different this year. Is it that different to when they played at Arrowhead in the regular season last year? Uh, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't think it is that different. I don't think it is that different. Like... This game could go one or two ways, in my yeah. opinion. Like the one way I don't expect this game to go is the Chiefs blowing the Bills out. I don't expect. No, that. I think the Bills are too good for that. Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if we had another edition of what happened in January, 
And it also wouldn't surprise me if we had another edition of what happened last September mm. in Arrowhead, where the Bills come into KC and destroyed the Chiefs. It yeah. was, and that's not me saying, oh, the Chiefs are much worse than the Bills. I just think that they are two teams that are excellent and both of them kind of need to be on their top of their game mm. to win. Yeah, And we know with the Chiefs, they can blow hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Where the Bills can blow hot and cold too, but when the Chiefs have been cold this year, they've been really cold. When they've been hot, they've been stifling, like they're sizzling. The sizzling Kansas City Chiefs yeah. when, when they're hot. But right now, you look at the two offences and you look at the two teams, you think, is there much to choose between? I think this game is massive. It's probably the biggest regular season game that Mahomes has played in. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, like, I, I, like I'm said. struggling to think I'm struggling to think of other regular season games that has been this big for Mahomes. Yeah. Maybe that Chargers Thursday night football game a few years ago where we lost. That was pretty big. Yeah. Uh the obviously the same season you had the Ravens game against Lamar Jackson, the fourth and nine. That was pretty big. The Patriots won where we went to Foxborough and our bags were two hours late. That one was pretty <laughs> that was pretty big. But this one. In terms of what it can decide further down the line, in terms of AFC number one seed, then this game is is a monster, and it's probably you can argue a must win for both teams. I think it is, but I don't think it, it'll. It, I don't think it would decimate the, the rest of the season for them. I think I, don't I think do think it. I I do think, think? losing. Yeah, I do think losing on on Sunday is extremely damaging for the really? Chiefs. Yeah, because I think uh, if you look at the, the the way that the AFC's developing, okay, we're only five weeks in, mm. but you can see trends, patterns already. Because yeah. uh, especially when you compare them to last, the previous years, and what we know about teams and how they perform against each other, I would not be surprised that these two are the number one and number two seed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably quite likely that they will be the number one and number two seed. They're both win their division. And if you look at the other division winners or potential division winners, the Tennessee Titans, they're not going to get any more than 12 wins. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens or Cincinnati Bengals, are they going to get any more than 12? Probably not. So the Chiefs and the yeah. Bills, you expect to be in that 12 to 13 range, maybe 14, uh, 14 wins. So it's going to come down to them too, who's going to have home field advantage in throughout January. Mm-hmm. And you, if you're a betting man, you'd say it will come down to this one game because – you win this game, you have the head-to-head. You yeah. can af- you can afford, um, you can almost afford to lose another game because you know that if you've got a tied record, it won't matter because you beat the Chiefs in January in September or you beat the Bills. So this game is, in terms of the season as a whole, it is huge. This week six clash on Sunday afternoon with CBS and Tony Romo and Jim Nance is just a monster of a game. I feel like the previous games that these both teams have played is is going to be something that uh, either sets them up for the belief that they're going to be really good or the fact that they are very good, right? What I mean by that is look back at what, obviously, what the Bills have, the Bills have had uh, a pretty decent, easy-ish kind of run at start for the, you know, for the first five weeks, haven't they, of this season. When you look back, I mean, the first game they played was the Rams and they, they kind of blew them out 31-10. Um, and then they had a, a, a very easy game against the Titans, 41-7. Now, the last couple of games, or sorry, the, the two games after that were very, they were quite close. I mean, they lost to the Dolphins. Yes, I'm reading the stat sheet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they only just navigated the the, the Ravens as well in a very tight, tight contest. Um, but I think, well, the Chiefs have had a real difficult run in and they've really had to kind of battle for their for their wins, apart from the Cardinals game, yeah, the Cardinals game was very much you know that was just just prime Chiefs, yeah. Um, but the last few games have been real kind of hard knock games, and yeah. I feel that that's been that's been building a character in this team, and I think the the Raiders game couldn't have come at a better time before the before the Bills game. I don't know if I buy that. I I do because I think I believe that they they're going to carry that that kind of 
that that kind of strength and that kind of boost and yeah, and but it's also energy. exhausting playing. It games was like exhausting, that. but look like, at the you, have, you listened, that have, you, have you listened to the Kelsey podcast? He said he didn't dance in the end zone because he was so goddamn tired. <laughs> that's why he didn't dance on any of his touchdowns. That's the, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, oh, it's so, draining and mentally draining as well. It's not just obviously just, physical. I don't but, know, like. I, I think, think sometimes in sport, if you come off wins like that, the chances are that you come down from such a high of winning that game mm. that when you go into the next one, to go from like a like literally a one-point game in prime time to the biggest game of the season, I'd, I think I'd much rather have been the team that de- destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers and really? had Case Keenum in at quarterback in the fourth quarter. Then, like, Wouldn't you have not rather seen Chan Hedy on Monday night and just had that Mahomes chilling out on the sideline? Just before playing Josh Allen, do you know I'd love to... I, I honestly, I, I, I feel like that's that this game or the Raiders game put the fire in the bellies of them. Yeah, and I believe that Mahomes pissed off. Pat is definitely the 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 thing that we're looking at here. Is yeah, he was pissed in this game. I mean, look look at the look you know look at the arguments he had with Max Crosby. Yeah, he's fired up now. Is Pat Mahomes, and he's 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 at the forefront now as he's top of everybody's list at the moment of being the MVP candidate. And these are the kind of games where he really grinds out and gets the best out of him. And he he, he, yeah. he just has that fire in him. There was there was moments of last season where I felt Mahomes kind of stepped off the gas a little bit and just kind of cruised through some of the games where he needs that fire. He needs that rivalry. He needs that boost. He needs that kind of input and, and connectivity with, with everything around him, obviously his team, but also the fan base and everything. I just feel that this is the kind of game that's dressed up for Pat Mahomes to really, really go for it in the in this Bills game. And okay, on the I flip think... side of that, there is also a chance for Josh Allen to come out and say, "Right, yeah, doubt me all you want against Mahomes. I, I'm, I'm here." Like, yeah, and I don't, he, I don't. He had an easy I, game against the Steelers. He's, uh, he's cruising. In I, I'm not. Road. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that Allen is on the same tier as Mahomes. Mahomes is one of one, and. Foul shall never doubt Patrick Mahomes ever again. But <laughs> Josh Allen is still playing on a crazily good level. And you you talk about pissed off Pat, but what about jacked up Josh? Okay. <laughs> he he is he is going to be like so wanting to win this game. We we talked about it in the offseason. The 2019 Chiefs were a team of destiny because of what happened to them in 2018. They yeah. carried that hurt, they carried that pain into the next season and they rolled through that season. Yes, they had some trials and tribulations along the way, yeah. but they used the 2018 season as fuel to be better in 2019 and to go on and win the Super Bowl. And that's, I, I have to believe that's the same way the, the Bills are at the moment. Yeah. Like they, that, I cannot imagine, well, I can imagine because of D Ford, but we all remember that summer of 2019. We all remember it, like waiting for the season to start. And that's what the Bills have just felt for the entire year, basically. Since that third week in January, they have just been thinking about this season, about this game, about this opponent. And so the Bills are going to come into this game highly motivated. It doesn't matter what they've done against the Steelers. Their motivation is a Lombardi, and they know to get the Lombardi, they have to go through the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the Bills are going to win because of this. Mm. But I think in terms of motivation and momentum coming into this game, I think both teams are equally poised and have different reasons to want to win this game, but have just as much motivation as each other to win this game. And that's what makes it such a fascinating uh, tie. It's almost like a game of will. It really is. It's like, it's, you, they talk about intangibles in sport and some people like to say intangibles don't really exist, like momentum and stuff like that. It absolutely does exist. And it's all going to be, it's going to be that type of stuff, like the stuff that Dan Campbell talks about, which his team aren't actually very good at, like grit and that type of thing. (laughs) It's going to be that type of stuff that matters. It's not going to be X's and O's. Yeah, X's and O's obviously have an element because they're the tools that enable you to perform well but this game is just going to come down to mental strength and right now i probably say that the bills hold the upper hand only because 
they have played easier teams. Victory, easy victories. <laughs> and they're not as exhausted as the Chiefs. So you can say, oh, well, the Chiefs hold the upper hand because they beat the Bills in the playoffs and the Bills have that mental hurdle to go over. But right now, I know that if it was me and it was my my me going forward, I'd probably want to be the Bills coming off an easy victory as opposed to going through that grind on Monday Night Football. No, I don't know about it. No, I'm 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 completely opposite to you, mate. Clearly, because I I yeah. just want that kind of rah, just completely. Yeah, but it's so hard to carry that through. Oh, after a Raiders game like that, no, I think I think something like that would get anybody fired up. I think. Do you think Do you think the crowd carries that energy into Sunday night football? I think they do. I think they do. And that's what I'm saying about the the Raiders game beforehand has been great to get the, the crowd involved in that. I don't want to mention that they're like the twelfth man, but they are pretty much like what the twelfth man is, where they've got they've got the back of the Chiefs players, and I think as soon as the game kicks off against the Bills, because of the magnitude and the huge, um, the huge game, the prospect of what we're going to have in this game, I think that Arrowhead's going to be just as loud in this game because of what happened in the previous game. Like I said, I I, I think if the Chiefs didn't have this Raiders game at this point. And they had just an easy breezy win. I think that the Bills probably would have taken control of this next game because the Chiefs are probably rolling in thinking it's going to be easy. We'll agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> we'll agree to agree to. So disagree. Let's talk players then. Let's talk players and specific players. Right? Are there any Bills players that you're scared of um, besides the obvious Josh Allen? Uh, yes, uh, I've always I've always liked Diggs, but yeah. after seeing what Davis did in the previous game, yeah. And what he did in January, I think the wide receivers in general. Yeah, I think that that's the and and that's my only worry for this because of the way that Devontae Adams completely destroyed the DBs in this game. Yeah, Trent McDuffie might be back though. Yeah, like I'll be interested to see if Rashad Fenton plays a lot if Trent McDuffie comes back. I, I'm not I'm not overly convinced that that he will do. Um, yeah, Diggs and Davis, obviously you've got, you've got to be scared of them because of what they've done in the past. And like my, my friend said to me yesterday, he says, Oh, Gabe Davis, shall I start him in fantasy on, on Sunday? What's he going to be like against your lot? What are the receivers? I was like, start he him. Scored, I was like, he scored four touchdowns against us in January. <laughs> so, yeah. Play him, yeah. Play him. yeah. Um, so yeah, I am worried about them too, but it, it's the Josh Allen factor that I, I worry about. Um, when, when the bills played the chiefs in January, you saw a, a mindset switch in the middle of the game from the Bills, yeah, and yeah. they turned turned out to be pretty much unstoppable once they had it. They were pretty conservative in the first half of that game. Yeah. If you watch it back, like they weren't aggressive, they weren't using Josh Allen's legs as much as they should do. They weren't pushing the ball down the field. But in the second half, they flipped a switch, as the Chiefs did as well. Offensively, they flipped a switch as well. But they flipped a switch. And the Chiefs just had no answer for them, their ability to move the ball because they were they had the ability to move the ball over the top, down the middle, on the ground with Josh Allen's legs. And I do think that poses a problem. Like I, I think this is going to be a massive game for Nick Bolton, for Willie and Willie Gay. Willie Gay's not playing. I wish he was, by the way. I wish uh, for Nick Bolton, uh, Frank, Frank Clark, and. Um, George Kalaftis because somehow you need to keep contain of Josh Allen and he's a very different runner to the likes of Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. He's not going to beat you with moves. He's just going to power through. But he is such a powerful runner and he's a big guy. He's what six foot six, six six five six six. Mm. He's 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 built like a tight end. He's not really built like a quarterback. So when he has the ball in his hands, he's hard to stop. And I feel like the Chiefs need to key in on that on the ground. Then defending everything else is going to be so much harder because the, you just know that for them eating up 10 yards isn't that difficult they can get 10 yards they fancy themselves to get 10 yards at any point because of what they can do on the ground with Josh Allen and what they can do over the top with the receivers I, I think it's such a challenging offense to try and um to try and game plan for and st- uh, Spags has he's like he, he he's got a job on his hands this week right mate predictions what are we saying for this game I'm going to go first this week I'm going to say off the back of that amazing win, lucky win, but amazing win, um, and the fuel that it's already going to inject into this team, I'm going to go Chiefs 28, Bills 27. Another one-point victory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, Do you go all in, mate? Do you go all in or you play it safe? 
this is the hardest game I've I think ever to call. Yeah, I do. I do think it's horrific. And uh, last time I bet against the Chiefs against the Bills, I had to come on this podcast and make an apology the week after. Yeah, you did. It was a bad one. <laughs> like I spent like fifteen minutes of my life writing an actual speech for that. Yeah, it was a cracking speech, by the way. But, oh yeah, it was brilliant. And, uh, yeah, I remember uh, putting the, mu- the music in the background and everything. It was lovely. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, it was really nice. I can't doubt Patrick Mahomes again. Have you learned? I can't. Have you learned from previous experience? <laughs> yeah, I said the Bucks would win a couple of weeks ago as well, didn't I? And I took some heat. I, for that I did one. that as well. And I, I, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, right, right. Sod it. I'm doing it. The Chiefs are going to win this game, right? And just because I can be that guy, I said I told you so. I'm going to say the Chiefs blow them out. <laughs> really? Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Uh, no, wow! I you do, you no, I kid. I kid. No, I kid. No, I kid. No, I kid. Chiefs thirty-one, Bills twenty-eight. A three-point game. Okay. I don't know how much I actually believe that, but that's what I'm going to say on record. I don't know why, but for some reason, forty-two points seems to be spinning around in my head at the minute, and I don't know. Even though Actually, no, I'm changing it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go 41-28 to the Chiefs. So you are going quite a big there. Yeah, the Chiefs are going to win by 13 points. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, there we go. See what you did there. there 13 go. is the magic number, eh? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. All right. That was a long one. That's what she said. <laughs> it was a long one, wasn't it? <laughs> I think uh, I think the, the the game prior to this was uh, the main talking point. There was a lot to get through tonight. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, again, hope you've enjoyed the show. As always, we love making them. Please leave us a, a review on the Apple. Yeah, do uh, leave podcast. us a review. We've not had a review in ages. We haven't, have we? No, I want, I want some P- love here. I want Pete Sweeney to say nice things about us. So, <laughs> please leave us a review, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd like to read some more. Uh, So stick around on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network for more Chiefs content. And of course, keep up to date with everything Chiefs with daily content on our website, arrowheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.